to today's group fitness <laughs> report. Uh, Stacey Alden back here with Jessica Maher, here to talk about the difficult conversations we get to have as group fitness managers. And as you know, I tend to definitely speak to group fitness managers, but this could work for all fitness managers or managers in any industry, I guess. Um, Jessica is a presenter, a leader in the industry. She's currently the Senior Director of Instructor Development at Fit for Mom and more. And we saw each other again at Idea World this past year in Las Vegas. And that's a whole other story in itself. That one, <laughs> that conference was quite a different experience from the past few years. We've had so much to do virtually, but it was great to see everyone in person. And I'm so grateful that she decided to join us to talk about difficult conversations because in a session that I took with her, she explained some amazing strategies, some amazing ways to improve your ability to do so. And we all know that it's not the most fun thing to do, but it is essential to do with your teams um, to, to really help lead them and guide them through the ups and downs of teaching and working together. So thank you so much again for, for joining me. And this is a month late, so thank you for everyone for waiting for this wonderful live stream to happen. Um, so it's here today. So my first question for Jessica is, what are some good examples of difficult conversations, maybe yourself or, or conversations you've witnessed of other managers have gone well or have not gone so well? And what are the things that the manager may have done or not done to either help or hurt the conversation? So in, in order to start this conversation, I don't want to give you my whole backstory, but I do want to go back to the beginning and talk about when I was an instructor and wasn't a manager. Because my first difficult conversation came when my manager was trying to have a difficult conversation with me about my performance level. I had kind of gotten a little bit of an ego and I realized that if I really wanted to earn more money, make more, have more classes, bring more people in, that the bigger my personality became, the bigger my crowd size became. And with that bigger personality came a bigger ego. And so my manager was really getting, coming to me for that purpose of saying, hey, we need to back it down a little bit and go back to focusing on the people and less on the performance. And only, I felt like only gave me compliments during the conversation didn't really give me any follow through on what to work on or how to get better. So I walked away just thinking, oh, everything's great and everything's fine. And when my performance review came up at the end of the year, I had no idea why I had such bad marks. My classes were the biggest. I had the most compliments coming in. Why was I having such an issue? And it was because I was being a diva and I didn't get that out of the conversation with my manager. So it quickly taught me that when I moved into that manager position, but you have to walk away from these conversations with actionable items, actual to-do items with deadlines attached. So I want to see you do this by this date and always following it up with it being written. So you're having these conversations verbally. It's really easy for that person to have selective hearing or not remember exactly what day you told them that you needed to see this improvement. It's great to have a plan here are your action items. Here's your due date for these action items. I'm going to follow up with an email after this. So we're on the same page. And it really helps to convey what you want to see improve instead of just kind of giving them feedback, but rather telling them this is the roadmap in order to become better. I love it. So helpful because 
in that moment, right, sometimes we end up having to speak to instructors right after their class is done. That's our, our, our like two to five minute window of time before they pack up and leave. And I am so happy to also hear that your manager did an annual review because there's nothing better than having a time where it's, that's all the discussion is about is that person. But in that two to five minute window to get their attention sometimes is the challenge. You know, they're cleaning up the studio, they're thinking about the next class they have to teach or the rest of their day. So those action items and steps and then following up and writing are so helpful because time flies, as we all know, and they, like you said, might not realize six months later that you are well on your way on having a new conversation about how things have improved. And they're gonna be like, well, that happened six months ago. I've done nothing to improve this. Exactly. So timeline. It, it escalates so quickly. And to your point, like a lot of times group fitness instructors are in and out. So to get their attention in a really positive manner you got to be really quick on your feet, which doesn't give you a lot of time to really come at the, here's, here's the bad parts. Right. Um, and so they kind of get brushed over. They're done really quickly and they're out the window. So as a manager, taking that time to say, here is what I'm seeing and what I need help with from you. Let's make sure in the next four weeks, this isn't happening again. I'll send you an email. We'll follow up on it. If you have any questions, let me know. It's such a great way to kind of very, very quickly get to the point that you're trying to make. And I think as managers too, sometimes if we wait, we get all of this buildup instead of just going one thing at a time, it, it gets to be much bigger. So we wait until annual review to have some of these conversations. It's overwhelming. And the person then just feels like they're unsuccessful. They're a failure. They're not a team player. And that's not a good culture for anyone. I love it. Yeah. Those micro meetings. So, so important. And with that, that actually leads into our, our next topic to talk about is that during our session at IDEA, you had us do a few fun and a kind of engaging exercises that I think managers could easily do with their teams or they could do with other managers maybe for fun to practice together. Um, and I think not only if you could share those exercises, but I think the listeners will also take some good tips from those exercises as well. Yeah, one of my favorite exercises to practice starting to have hard conversations because they are hard, they're uncomfortable, and no one really likes this part of their job. Nobody says, I want to be a manager so they can have these difficult conversations. This never happens, but it has to happen. So in order to practice having these, start with things that are really easy and simple for you to have discussions about that don't carry a lot of weight. For example, you argue why the color red is the best color ever. And you work with another partner who says black is the best part, uh, best color ever. And you guys debate on which color is better because in the end, colors don't matter. But what you're practicing is using your words, which is difficult for us sometimes, which is strange coming from a group fitness background where we use all of the words all the time, but then you get in these sticky situations and we don't like confrontations. So we shut down and so we go back to just practicing, like, use your words. Why is red the best color? And you can play it with a lot of different things, like what movie genres are the best? Are podcasts or music better for running? You can take really simple, easy things that don't carry a lot of weight. Practice having these hard conversations with your spouse, with another manager, with someone that you really trust in your life before you head into actually having a hard conversation with an employee. Another one of my favorite exercises is the clothing sandwich. So I believe in giving feedback in the form of a sandwich. You start with something positive, 
you give them the feedback and the improvement areas that you want to see with their, with their timeline. And then you close it with another positive note. doesn't have to necessarily be a compliment, but something positive. And you can try this by going through somebody's outfit. So complimenting somebody on the color of their tank top, giving them a little bit of feed forward on the bottoms that they chose, and then ending it with a nice compliment about their shoes. Now, you're not going to actually do this with your employees because that's going to be weird. Um, but again, like practicing it with your spouse or with another manager or someone that's in your department of just being like, I'm a, I need to start practicing how I provide feedback. <laughs> Let me practice on your clothing. <laughs> and it's also great for you to hear it because of you getting that feedback back again, real makes you realize one of the four agreements of don't take it personally. Like if somebody is giving feedback to you, it doesn't mean that you immediately are a bad person or a bad manager or a bad fitness leader. It just means that you need to improve some areas of your life. And so getting and receiving that feedback sandwich is practice that we all need in order to make sure that we really are leading the best teams possible. Mm -hmm. I love it so much. Yeah. Those simple, easy conversations, because you had spoken earlier, you were like, it's just relationship development. Like you'd said just a second ago, it's yeah. And it's interesting because the tough conversations really do bring you closer to your team and then seeing that you're trying to have these conversations or trying to work on these and you want them to work on them as well is so valuable because I think specifically also not just group fitness instructors, they're kind of like ships in the night. They don't see each other quite as often, but I know when I've led a Pilates studio or if you lead, lead personal trainers, they really do interact with each other a lot and they might need to have more conversations with each other. So that might be a good team to do these exercises with. I'm just realizing that, but yeah, so especially if you're studio based and you have a lot of interaction with like um, membership management or sales and front desk, and maybe something's not going exactly the way you want, like being able to have these conversations and not shying away from confrontation or going too hard in the confrontation and being overly aggressive. That's not a great sign either. But it's all about, yeah, it's human management, it's relationship management. And the idea too of like starting small and practicing with conversations or debates about things that don't matter. I mean, it really came from marriage therapy and it's the same kind of concept really is like start with small little conversations that don't carry weight so that you can work your way up and practice. It's the same thing that we teach in fitness, right? Like you can't do squat jumps until you know how to squat. So let's practice with our feet on the ground squatting. And then we can add a, a calf raise and then we can add a jump and then we can add an add, but you got to start with the foundation and the basics and know how to use your words before you go up that scale. I love it. Yeah. I love that you mentioned that we know how to use our words so well until it comes to this. So it's so true. And then we shut down. Oh. Yeah, exactly. We have trouble there. Um, and then what would you say is a good way? You mentioned this in the first question too, is following up, giving that feedback to uh, the instructor explaining. I love that you also gave them the expectation that this is going to be, that I'm going to send you this in writing. You know, this is, that's so helpful for them to have that. They're prepared for that interaction that happened also in writing. Um, but what are some things you like to have people do to make sure that they're on the same mission to improve in the future? We all have the best intentions, but sometimes we kind of bite off more than we can chew or we forget that we said something or we forget to follow up or we think a post-it note on our computer is going to take care of it. 
So my recommendation is if you're going to have these hard conversations is to put it into your own personal calendar for about five days before the deadline so that you can check in so that it doesn't hit the deadline. And suddenly you're like, oh yeah, this was supposed to have seen improvement. Nothing's happened. Check in a couple of days before, set yourself a calendar reminder to keep following up. Um, leading up to that actual deadline, because it's up to you as the leader to show that you care about them. And by just like handing out this difficult conversation, this this feedback or um, issue that you're having with them, and then just leaving them out to dry and never following up again, doesn't really show your follow through either that you have the best intentions and, and ideas for this instructor's growth. So set up your own schedule. Don't depend on a post-it note or a memory to help you remember what you said you were going to do. Um, that five day before is definitely your hard, got to check in, got to make sure this person phone call, not email, like it has to be a direct connect. And then that way you have, they have time at that point to say, I need more time because of A, B, and C, or yep, we're right on course. Everything looks great. And you're not then just going, oh, that thing was supposed to happen. and you know, you let the ball drop, which happens. We're all busy. It definitely becomes an, an issue. So as simple as it seems, once you make the declaration, put it into your schedule, know when you're following up, how you're following up. Um, and my other recommendation too, is whatever feedback you're giving to them is make sure that it it's attainable and that it's measurable. You can't just say, I want to see a better attitude because they'll be like, oh, I can give you a better attitude. <laughs> you didn't clarify what kind. Um, so really giving them something that is much more measurable, um, that is much more realistic. I don't want to say a smart goal necessarily, because this isn't, that's a little bit of overkill, I think, for this type of conversation. But it definitely, if you're giving them the inclination of something needs to be improved, it's got to be tangible. It's got to be measurable. It's got to be something that is not just your opinion, but it's something that the instructor can actually attain. Absolutely. Yeah. And that measurable, um, more direct, or I guess there's, there's a, there's a reason for the feedback. Like it's, it's going to either improve them as an instructor, improve the team environment or improve the experience for the members or all of the above. Um, having that, that measurable and specific feedback is so valuable and your timeline is so smart too, to, because I would I would never remember if I told an instructor a day and time I'm going to talk to them. It wouldn't. It I would just never know happen, I wouldn't. Right? No, no. It so like making a making a schedule and even like setting it on the same day of like you're going to always give your deadlines to be on Fridays so that you know on Mondays that you check in. It can be something as simple yeah. as that. Build on those compound mm -hmm. um, notions because we as managers, we're group fitness managers. We're not just managing people. We have to manage personalities on top of things, which makes it kind of a delicate balance. You can't just go in there, you know, with all of this feedback all at once with this person mm -hmm. who is a larger than life entity in your gym facility. So you definitely need to be able to give a constructive um idea for what needs to be improved. And then you continue to nurture and follow up that shows that you're actually managing and leading, not just mm -hmm. handing out whips. I love it. I love it. That is the best way. That's the best quote to end with <laughs> managing and leading versus handing out whips. <laughs> there we go. Perfect. Oh, that's so perfect. And this could not be more perfect. Everyone who's watching, um, whether it's now or in the recording, 
because next conversation I'm having is with Shay Kostabi, and we will be expanding on this to talk about exactly what kind of questions you should be asking instructors after their class. Um, so the feedback questions that you could be having specifically with instructors to help them once again, either improve themselves, improve the team or improve the experience. So now that you have your timing down, you understand the different exercises you can do with your team, which Jessica has so, so eloquently provided all of us in this interview. Um, I so appreciate her help and her time. And we'll provide all of her information in the, the content of this video, in the description of this video. But thank you so much again for watching. And thank you so much, Jessica, for, for joining us. Thank you, Stacey. And thanks, everybody.